Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three. We're ready to roll here. Much to get to in a short amount of time. The sports weekend is nearly upon us. Let's get into it. We've got listener mail, a Mr. Lister category, head-to-head Kevin Hench v. Eddie Spaghetti. Obviously, we're going to give you our best bets. Lots of sports to talk about there. Going to introduce something new, Cliche Buster featuring Big Tuna Bill Parcells. We have to give you our goat and goats of last weekend. Let's get into all of it with the guy on the extrapoints.com head-to-head NFL pick and pool. Everybody you listen to on the Extra Points Network and you, the listener, can get in there, play each and every week. With a big victory in week six, he now leads the standings in the season total, has overtaken one Marty Weiss. It's Kevin Hench from his Hollywood manse. What's the poop, fella? (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so crazy, first of all, how much I care about our pick standings. You really really do. I really the number of texts and emails on a weekly basis from Hench proves that point. I mean, I'm first overall in our extra points universe. And I really thought I obviously when I sent that email saying, hey, Mike, what are the standings now? Like five people responded like I obviously didn't know the answer was I'm in first. Like I was I was obviously saying, hey, man, what's what are the updated? standings? No way. I'm in first. Um, so that's great. I'm also first in this ESPN league. I'm 31st. Out of however many hundreds of thousands of people are I on heard ESPN. about this. Really? Amazing. It's never, I've never had, and then, but, but all that aside, um, last weekend, I know I texted you guys every Sunday morning, I go down through the games and I'm like, what am I feeling? Like what's, you know, I mean, obviously I could retire if I'd actually bet all these games this year, uh, given my winning percentage. But I was like, I had a, I had a strong feeling about the Steelers getting eight and a half. I was like that, that's ridiculous. Really? And then, and then I was like, I think they're going to win this game. I had started to like flow. I was like, I, I think the Steelers are going to win outright. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, and I, and I was like, that was plus 350. And I'm like, that's not enough, man. That's not enough. I get, you get greedy. You're like, you should get more than that. If you pick them to win three and a half to one. And then I looked at those jets and I was like, I think they could win this game outright too. That's plus seven and a half. So when I put those two together, money line parlay, both teams to win, Steelers to beat the Bucks, Jets to beat the Packers, that jacked it up to plus seventeen fifty. And and so when that came in, I mean, I was with the fellas, you know, watching football. I don't know if you heard about our drama. We had a citizens arrest at football. It was pretty pretty exhilarating. Um, Wait a and, second. And, uh, no, no. I, I have not heard that, of course. Oh, my God. Okay. So while I'm jumping around because the Jets won and the Steelers won and this parlay came in and you just feel like a genius and you're, you're, you're moonwalking around the warehouse, the new warehouse, supposedly in a nice neighborhood, Ed Milton is looking at his phone. Now, Ed's wired the whole warehouse for the big screen TV and all the security cameras Ed is looking at his phone to see when the DoorDash guy walks up with our lunch and he looks at his phone and goes, somebody's breaking into my car. So there's a guy in his car on the ring cam rifling through Ed's stuff. And then I, I don't really care about property crime. 
And I certainly don't care about crimes to Ed's property. But apparently this was a little, had a little bit of the business. You're rich. You just, somebody breaks into yeah, your, your we'll luxury automobile. You just buy another Ed, two. We'll you buy you yourself one Ed, and then a backup one. Ed, we'll get you a new pair of AirPods. We're not going to go tackle this meth head in the street. Are you out of your mind? But it was like a baseball brawl. Like, are we doing this? Like, it's like that, that weird thing of like, wow, we're flying off the bench. And Grizz, Scott Holmes from Texas, like, Scott is like, I know how to handle Scott is immediately shot out of a cannon uh, to go mano a mano with whatever this, whatever meth head is crawling around inside Ed's car on the security camera. So I'm like, oh, we're, I guess we're going. And then, Grizz gets in his pickup truck and is chasing the guy. Like Grizz, Grizz is like, I am not. What the hell is going on right now? Insane! It's so insane. So then I'm like, well, I don't care about Ed's AirPods uh, or work gloves, like the stuff he got, but I do care about Grizz. Like Grizz is the greatest. Like I can't. Now I have to go. He's going to be in, in an alley with a guy we know nothing about, by the way. We don't, we don't know if this guy's strapped or. Oh, anyway, you didn't so, know the carjacker. Okay. Okay. Right, good so, to know. Good so, to I, uh, so I get in my car and I punch it and turn the corner. It is. Sal came up with the best name for this comedy team. Um, I was pitching it, it, names for. And, and he said, Grizz from Texas and Hench from Vermont. We're Lone Starsky and Hench. That's that's that okay. is our, our okay. that's our that's like our it. show. So by the time I come whooping around the corner, Grizz has already cut the guy off on a forty-five degree angle in an alley in his pickup truck and gotten the out. hell is wrong with people? You don't do that to somebody dangerous. And the guy and so like you know I mean Grizz. First of all, the combination of the pickup truck, Grizz with the big beard. And that Texas energy, like, first of all, this is the 45th time Grizz has done this for some, like, he's like, not, none of this is phasing him. I'm like, this is actually my first citizen's arrest. I I like, I know, I know I've been on the force for a long time, but I've never actually apprehended a meth head in my friend's car. So Grizz is like walking toward the guy, uh, like going, where'd you put it? Where'd you put it? So the guy took all of Ed. And then when Grizz was chasing him, just started throwing it in the bushes. And then the guy, I'm now on the scene. uh, Just first of all, I'm just adding commentary. Like, I thought this was a nice neighborhood. Way to go, guy. Nice. Now, now where do I park to watch football? Anyway, so so then the guy, this was kind of reminding me a little bit of the Dahmer, that thing where you're like, I don't know, maybe these guys are idiots. Let me just say, I'll just tell a story. Like he's like, I, I was, I saw somebody in that car and I was, I came, I was going to ring your doorbell. Like, and we're like, it's all on tape. Like you don't have to, he, the part where I told him it's all on tape, never changed his story. Like we, we were watching you break into our friend's car. So anyway, he, He's denying. At some, point, at some point, you reach and you pull his mask off, and it's Jacob Truba. It's, and it's like, yeah, oh, knew no. it. Well, right? Believe Figured. me, believe Figured. me. This guy was this guy was not Truba size, or I would have just turned my car around and said, "Good luck, Chris. Good luck, buddy." Uh, so, um, so then he's like, "I didn't do. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything." Then we find uh, Ed's gloves that he stole, like hanging in the bushes, 
And it's like, okay, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence now that you did take stuff out of the car and throw it. And he's really sticking to variations on the story of like, I'm as surprised as you guys. I don't know. We're like, we were watching you steal from our friend's car. So then, but he's also like kind of hanging out with us. Like he's, I'm like, when is this guy just going to run away? Like, what does he think? And Scott is just well, saying like, characters, I think he would fit in neatly. He's like, yeah, make sure I come over and watch the second half. So he, but Scott is trying to be very clear. Just show us where you threw the AirPods and the wallet and his tools or whatever it was and go on your way. We're not actually, and the, the guy is so committed to his story that he doesn't just hop to it and go here, here, and here. Here are the three things. I'm really sorry. I'm down on my luck. Here's your friend's stuff and, and, and go on with our days. Unbeknownst to us, Ed has called the cops. Oh. The real cops. The real cops. Uh, I thought I might get deputized, at least get a get a Herschel Walker badge out of the deal. But so so then uh so then the the sirens are now sounding and and uh and then he's like, oh guy, like almost apologetically, he was like, Oh god, now I really gotta go. Now I really gotta go. <laughs> this has been a great time. Guys, you seem like good guys. You guys seem like good guys. It's been fun hanging out, but now I hear, I hear Johnny. I hear the real Johnny Law. Polite I, felon. And Scott did say when we got back, kind of in our flop sweat back to back to headquarters, he did yell citizens arrest when he jumped out of the truck. And then and then like the guy had a little like, oh, okay, all right. Well that you said it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You said citizens arrest. So anyway, so then the cops come and and he runs, but there's two cops coming the other direction. It's very quick. He's uh, horse on parole, uh, you know, rap sheet, whatever. Um, although I started to feel bad about, you know, uh, you know, this dr- I don't know what to do about the, the drugs. I don't know what to do about it. But anyway, so then uh, so while this is happening, uh, the meter maid starts writing Scott up for his parking job because he's just pulled on a 45 degree angle across the sidewalk into the alley. And, uh, it's like, she's writing a ticket and, and it's like, uh, do you really think this is how this guy parked and got out of his car to go shopping? Do you think he, this is really, you don't want to step out to the sidewalk and see this law enforcement action. (laughs) Anyway, that was our thrill. And not as thrilling as fun. Jet Steelers parlay. I would be it's it's I'm a coward, first of all, but two, it would depend on when the crime and was going on in the fourth quarter of uh, of the Bucks page uh, uh, Steelers game. Yeah, about whether uh, or not I joined on the arrest. It's funny you mentioned that because I did. um, You know, I bailed, I bolted, I did my I did my Crime Stoppers thing and. Mm. It wasn't until my play-by-play rewatch of the Patriots with my mom that I realized, wow, the Browns went for two. The Browns went for two while I was out running around. That would have cut it to a one-score game. It it was like the game was well in hand when I ran out to apprehend the guy, and the game was over when I got back. And I didn't realize that the Browns got to a, a two-point conversion attempt from being within a – being within seven. Um, anyway, so that was the the most thrilling uh, Sunday. I, wait a second. I enjoyed the citizens' arrest yarn, but so that's a Sunday night tradition. <laughs> you and your mom rewatch the Patriots game. It's cute. It, well, I like that. Obviously, I like only the, obviously only the wins. 
you know, I mean, and of oh. course I make her chart Cole Strange's uh, progress. <laughs> He's got a clipboard. She worked for BFF. Mom, I don't want to watch the left guard. Can you just tell me if he won on that play? <laughs> Evaluate the quality of the first round pick so we can push back next spring on Bill Belichick's drafting a bit. That, that's on you, Mom. By the way, talking parents, shout out to my old man. Uh, it's another health thing going on with him. Bum back, whatever. We Now now all of Thanksgiving uh, giving is hanging in the balance for us out here in Southern California. So hopefully he turns the corner and we get to catch up with them sooner rather than later. But all right, much to get to. I don't imagine New England sports fans are feeling great, although mix of emotions because we're right in it, everybody, in a good way. The eye of the good storm, the sports fans peak. We got the NHL and NBA going. Celts look pretty good on um, Tuesday night. And the Bruins look a little bit better than maybe I expected them to. The Patriots talk about where they were three weeks ago versus now. Now the Red Sox, though, you got to sit there and watch the Astros and the Yankees. I think basically that's not just a Red Sox fans nightmare. That is uh, that's alien versus predator. Whoever wins the rest of us. <laughs> lose. So nothing good can come out of either one of those teams advancing. I know Eddie Spaghetti disagrees with that, but all right, let me squeeze in a quick break here. Hey, listen up sports fan. This message is for you. Your first bet with Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. It's on Caesars up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code C-Z-R-F-U-L-L and place your first bet. If you win, muzzle tough. If you don't, You'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the lengthy, responsible gaming disclaimer. 21 and over, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or our nation's capital. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT. Step, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY, Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's start here because it's semi-global. Six weeks in, I've been belly aching about it, curmudgeon style, that the NFL season has been mostly unsatisfying. The Bills are very fun, obviously. The two New York teams, basically the state of New York. If you take that out, or maybe just the the Bills and the AFC and um, the, uh, well, wait, NFC East, three quarters of that. Anyway, those are the exceptions that prove the rule. Most of football sucks, and it starts with the GOAT Tom Brady. But I want to dip back into uh, a cliche that Bill Parcells, or it's turned into a cliche, because it's mostly true. You are what your record says you are. But six weeks in, pick a team or teams, if you wish, good or bad, which teams are not what their record says they are. Hench, do you wish to start this off? Oh, um, let, let's spaghetti start. Well, because I, I, this is part of the problem with this season is so many teams are mediocre. They, their record is mediocre and they mm. are mediocre. Um, there I, are three I, divisions. I, but for what the, to, to that point, which I think is a, really lays bare what I'm talking about, about the suckitude of parody. The idea that this is good. I get I, what what fan would desire parody is a head scratcher to me. I get why the networks want it and why the leagues want it, but fans liking parody, people push back on me when I say that. So it's good, it's good. Oh, you're used to having a good team. I don't have a good team now. I still, I, I definitely don't like parody now. I think it's ridiculous. Three division leaders don't have winning records. They're only eight I'll, divisions. I'll, I'll, it's ridiculous. One of those divisions I'll throw out. Um, you know, obviously they rapid decimation with the injuries. But if they get 85% whole, I think the San Francisco 49ers are very good and much better. Ah, you're playing the game. That's well done. Yes, that's very good. I, you know what? I'll throw another one at you. And, and, and uh, on Caesars, you can um, grab these kind of reflecting where you stand on these things. You still can get those season win totals, and they've obviously been adjusted based on the way these teams are tracking. The Eagles, as a, for instance, their season win total now is 13 and a half. And you, you, you know, you balk at that, that you know, 13 and a half for the Eagles go through their schedule. They're, you know, they, there's a chance that they run off three or five more before they really get tested. Um, you know, in the NFL though, and I talk about parody, the ones that seem like, well, I don't even need to watch that game. We know how that one's going to turn out. Those are the ones that surprise you, but that notwithstanding, the 13 and a half is, is, is pretty heavy there. The Niners, I'm looking for them. My eyeballs are no good, but yes, I agree with you. And I also think that the Rams as, um, unimpressive as they've largely been. I do think they are loaded up with talent. Their offensive line is a mess. That's not going away. But if they can stay relatively healthy, and that's the big asterisk with most of these teams, um, if they do, I think Matt Stafford will get better as the thing goes along. They're, they're, they're just loaded up with high – it still is a star league in my opinion. So I think the Rams get to figure it out. It's funny while you're on the Rams, just real quick. It is funny when – you when you know a guy like Cam Akers, you're like, this guy's never going to take another snap for us. We also know that declaring that 
hurts his trade value. Like when your trading partners go, he's never going to play for you. So what, what should we offer you? What seventh round draft pick would you like? So then McVeigh has to do that. Hey, we haven't ruled out. We haven't ruled out. Yeah, we know you have ruled it out. That just you have to add the, hey, we like him. No, you don't. <laughs> what were well, you heard about? Uh, well, that was that was don't pay attention to what we've been saying. Really? Big, the blitz, the blitz pickup in practice has been great. We love this guy. This team is in first place, but they are one of those teams that's just 500. And a lot of people, especially after Sunday, people are really skeptical of where this team might go. The Baltimore Ravens is my pick. They are going to, I think the, I think the Bungles have a chance to continue to keep their foot on the gas. They did struggle to get past the Saints who had half their team out and Andy Dalton under center for that one, but they did rally and pull that one off. I guess that's sort of what they did um, in a lot of spots in 2021 too. But I think the class of the AFC North is the Ravens. I think they'll prove that. What they lack is the pass rush that they've been predicated on for the entirety of the John Harbaugh experience. They've been down some of those guys. Justin Houston is is the name brand guy who they've been missing there, but they're going to juice that up. Um, the secondary is going to get better. Marcus Williams will return. And um, R- Rashad Bateman being out for the last couple of weeks is no small matter either. I think the Ravens are going to be a factor. It's easy to say, ah, listen, it's the Bills or it's the Chiefs getting to the Super Bowl from the AFC side. I, I suspect that the Ravens still have something to say about that. And their win total is right now on Caesars at nine and a half. Let me confirm that before I throw that out to you. But uh, Spaghetti, you have one you want to throw in there? Uh, yeah, I, have a, I actually have a bunch. I mean, I hate to do this because you could say the same thing about my Giants, but like the five and one Vikings, uh, I just don't think they're a five and one team. You know, if they're if they're having playoff. Totally match, agree. I'm, I'm you not, watch them play and you're yeah. like, they are not impressive. I'm not like picking them to win any playoff games. I don't, I don't really necessarily trust Kirk Cousins I mean Dalvin Cook has not been the Dalvin Cook we expect I think that division overall is pretty screwy like the Lions at one and four they're behind the Bears like to me there's no doubt the Lions are the better team than the Bears the Bears are one of the worst teams I've watched in quite some time like their inability to to throw the football is bizarre and uh, the Lions I think you know their defense is not great but they were putting up a ton of points Jared Goff kind of had this kind of resurgence and they had some unfortunate games versus you know the the Eagles in the by the run, way but, to know, Throw, let me throw in on that one, too. They're saying Jamison Williams, the Bama kid who had the knee injury um, late last season um, for the Tide, is tracking towards getting back sooner rather than later. The way Jared Goff and that offense is going, that could be – I mean, imagine if that offense becomes even better than what it's been minus the game up in Foxborough. Continue. And they haven't had DeAndre Swift the last couple of weeks either. So you would expect that the Lions get – but I don't I, I don't think they become some relevant team. But they might be a scary team to go up against if your defense is mediocre. Yeah, so I would just flip-flop. You know, the Lions are better than the Bears, but they're behind in the standings. The Vikings are 5-1 ahead of all the teams, including the Packers. I think that entire division is just very strange. The Packers are clearly not a great team. Uh, 3-3 three and three is probably kind of right where they should be. Um, and another team I'm not going to quit yet because they you know, they just made a trade of Robbie Anderson. They're getting back New Hopkins, and they have a pretty easy matchup on Thursday Night Football. And in fact, one of my best bets would be, uh, I think the line right now is the Cardinals giving two. But the Cardinals are 2-4. and four. I think they're going to be a 
second half team. They're going to be a lot better. Um, and the Saints are missing Lattimore and they're missing uh, Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas. Again, Alave may return from the concussion, but who knows? So I think that's a game the Cardinals have to win, getting back their best player. Um, so I think they're a little bit better than, you know, the two and four right well, I, I think that's a bold one. And, Ta- I, my suggestion is spaghetti, tear that band aid off. Just because you pick them doesn't mean that they're going to get right. I hear you about the pass catchers they have. Well, like that, there's no evidence of Cliff Kingsbury having a second half bounce. I know he hasn't been an NFL coach He's for very been a first long. Half if they guy. lose this one, right? I know if they lose to the Saints, it gets real ugly. Okay, you know, I'll, like, I'll that, agree to that. That's check. the trick, right? I'll there. agree. I'll agree. If they lose Thursday Night Football, have it here, record an audio. I will come on the next spot and say I'm officially off the Cardinals bandwagon if they lose this game versus the depleted Saints. Um, and the last one for me to round this out is I, I think the Raiders at one and four are actually a better than that record. Um, the Broncos being ahead of them, like with wins, I mean, the Broncos to have one win to me is tremendous because that's one of the worst teams um, I've watched in some time too, along with the Bears. So I, to me, the Raiders are better than a one and four. Um, this division is AFC West that we all hyped up. We thought it's going to be, you know, must see football. I was just talking about this with Jen on waiver wired, like in August, you thought chargers Broncos Monday football. I cannot wait for that game. It was brutal. The chargers, not as good as their record at four and two. Um, so I really, it's just the chiefs and everyone else, but I think the Raiders are a smidge better than those other teams in the division. The other bummer is, and this will lead us into our goat and goats of the week. Cause I know where Hench is going to go here, but you know, I do think the Bucks, whether you like it or not, and it is fun to kind of – I mean, I, I don't want to say it's fun to make fun of Tom Brady. He's obviously going through personal stuff in, at, at home. But whether you like it or not, the Bucks are going to get better. Look at what they have coming up. They're, they're, they inevitably are going to run off a bunch of wins here based on the matchups they have coming up here. So I don't think a, any hope that you might have out there, this team missing the playoffs or going 7-10 and 10 just ain't going to happen based on the schedule that they have. Hench, anything more you want to throw in there? Uh, well, one thing I just wanted to throw out while you were talking about the Ravens, which I kind of agree with. Uh, their trajectory. But, you know, when Lamar was throwing that pick on Sunday is it doesn't matter if you go 13 and two, it doesn't, if you're depending upon how much you bet on individual games, like your picks league, you, you can, you know, so I, I felt really good about that Ravens giants game for the, on the Ravens side. And then Lamar throws that pick and I'm like, um, who's losing more money? Me betting on Lamar Jackson or Lamar Jackson betting on himself? Because I'm like, wow, we, this has been, everyone's like, whoa, this is a one, once in a generation talent. It's like, yeah, well, this is a once a game play he makes. And it's really hard to envision winning those consecutive playoff games that you need to win to win a Super Bowl without one of these plays that he almost always makes. So I went, I, I agree. The Ravens should be on an uptick, but man, he drives me crazy. Oh well, listen, Ronnie Stanley ain't right, and J.K. Dobbins ain't right, and the the edge rushers that they depend upon for their defense um, are in street clothes, and Marcus Williams is too, and they got to figure things out. But this is kind of to your larger point. You know, I've been on board with Lamar Jackson. I think it's crazy the Ravens didn't pay him. You know the game that they're playing here kind of putting him in a spot to prove it also depending on let's see you get healthy let's say you you went down in a bit for a significant stretch in 2021 we missed the playoffs Lamar let's see you avoid that this year you're running QB and all of that 
This is kind of what it looks like with Lamar Jackson making $50 million. You're going to have a very flawed roster around him. So if he doesn't, to your point, if he doesn't win some games here, no matter what the issues are around him, then you, you ain't the main man. And there are only, that's not diminishing him. There are. People love to talk about franchise QB, and you can pay a lot of guys you know, $40 million. doesn't mean that they can steer through the rugged waters of, of an NFL season and um, survive games that your team has no business surviving except because your leading man is that good. There are only three to seven of those guys walking the planet Earth right now. Lamar Jackson has to prove that he can overcome whatever deficiencies are around him. So far, I don't know. I think that they turned the corner, though. Can I, I add that? I want to add too on that game is like I was just making fun of Justin Fields and he's a guy that's like if his first read's not open he's taking off and he's running with the ball like Lamar was doing that in this game versus the Giants it was like Mark Andrews was not open then Giants did a good job covering and maybe this is the Wink Martindale effect of knowing the Ravens but like Lamar would look for him not open and then he would drop back like 10-12 yards roll around roll around and then like that interception was super ill-advised Kayvon Thibodeau strip sack again, like he's just rolling out because he's looking to run, not making throws. I do think Rashad Bateman uh, returning will help them, but he, like Lamar, I was not afraid of him. And, and like once that game started, he was as most pedestrian quarterback I've ever seen. Um, I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I it's do. It's really think painful like when a running quarterback gets called pedestrian. That's really brutal. That's hitting him where it hurts. <laughs> All right, then. We'll, we'll leave Lamar and everybody else alone and move on to our GOAT and GOATs of the Week. Hench, start us off. Okay. All right. So it's funny It's funny that Spaghetti is, is uh, talking about the cards and Cliff Kingsbury because um, I, unfortunately, have been saddled with Kyler Murray at, as my fantasy quarterback in the league I care about. And so I have watched the Cardinals – Every play, every possession so closely, they can't get a first down. This team, it looks like July. It looks like they've never practiced together. Three and out, three and out. The only time they start to move the ball is when Kyler goes off the laminate. When, When, you know, Cliff Kingsbury should try not showing up. If I swear to God, if Cliff Kingsbury missed the game, I, they'd have a better chance of scoring. I don't know what. Oh, by the way, that was that was what I was just going to say about the Ravens. But I'll, I'll say this too: the maybe it should start to become a concern. He seems smart and like a decent enough guy. But Kevin Stefanski is a handsome devil too in the runnings in the running for most handsome NFL coach. But. The high watermark of his time as the Cleveland Browns head coach was when he was in his basement in Cleveland and the Browns beat the Steelers <laughs> in Heinz Field. Maybe disconcerting. And the other thing is, too, Spaghetti and, and Giants fans are very happy about Wink Martindale. How about the other side of that coin? Ravens fans must be getting must be angry when their defense keeps letting teams. I was like, why'd you fire him, Harbaugh? What went on that you had to get rid of that guy? Apparently, he was pretty significant to what we were doing the last uh, many years. Anywho, continue. All right, so so much like the monsters on the live tour, Cliff Kingsbury is an is a weekly bad goat for me until they get a first down in the first half. I don't know what the guy's doing. Any fan in the stands could come down and put the headset on and do a better job. You can't do worse than three and out every possession. Like the plays are terrible. Kyler's trying to stay in the pocket, and then it's not until he blows it up and says, "I'm going to do my thing," that they move the ball. So that's every week. The bad goat this week, I mean, there, there are several nominees, but to me, 
Tom Brady has not been good. I mean, if you look at the stats, you look at the stats in the red zone, you look at his numbers, he has not been good. Okay. So this guy, and he's the goat of goats, but this week he's the bad goat. Because when you're not playing that well, and you miss the Saturday walkthrough to go to a wedding, and the guys you're screaming at were at the Saturday walkthrough, uh, Eddie, you're going to have to bleep this. They should say, F- you, pretty boy. Those 350-pound hogs should have all said, F- you, uh, Tom. We were at practice. We were at the walkthrough. Maybe it's on you. By the way, who are you yelling at? You've sucked this year. Like, I, I just would have loved to have seen one of those guys snap and just go, any other Sunday, we'll take it from you, but not the Sunday after you missed the walkthrough. This is the NFL. This is like Todd Bowles is trying to make it sound like, hey, it's optional for everyone. I'm not making an exception for this guy. People can come to meetings or not. Really? Is that what we understand about the NFL? Is that what Tom Coughlin taught us about the NFL? No, Michael Strahan, you're in trouble because you're late. That's the NFL. Not like, oh, you have a more pressing engagement? By all means, miss the Saturday walkthrough. By the way, this is the precious walkthrough that, that, that decided the Super Bowl when the Patriots had the tape. This is the most important 25 minutes of your week. This is like, oh, oh, you, you know, oh, uh, sorry, coach. I can't make it. Um, my chums, you know, Richard Seymour is going to be there. Vince Wilfork, Randy Moss. So it's like, wow, he misses the 11 days. You're like, all right, it's training camp. And then it's like, it's all optional for him. And then he's yelling at his teammates. I would have lost my mind if I was the 53rd man on the roster. If I was a, a, a backup punt coverage gunner, I would have tackled him. I just would have started beating him to death. I'd be like, you cannot yell at anybody today, guy who missed work yesterday. That's I agree. The- and, and and let me and you know what, because you can go back and listen. For, so for the sake of time, I won't repeat what I said on extra points to Sal and Marty already on this subject. Yes, I it, it is veering into an abusive relationship from Brett Brady to the Bucks and all those guys that are on the team. I mean, like, hey, Tom, I know you're going through some stuff and everything, but if you need to step aside, then do so, because the roster is still pretty good. This is not some garbage roster surrounding you, and the poor Tom, Gronk's got to come back and save the day. He has Mike Evans on the team. Chris Godwin's on the team. Lenny Fournette is good. What are we talking about? The defense is loaded up. I, I He's the main man. That's the premise of football. It's the quarterback league in the 21st century. Save the day, Tom. Um, and, and I completely agree with you, the yelling at his teammates. The question, I, I think there's some leeway given by most of football America because it's a pro football team in Florida. It kind of feels like, yeah, but the Bucks, come on, nobody takes that. It's not a, uh, an organization that anybody feels like is owed something. If it were a more, if it were the Bears as a, for instance, what if he did that? I think you would get way more pushback for that behavior if it weren't for the bucks. Cause it feels like they're a rental that a rental car that he's just trying to steer to one more Lombardi um, party, you know, right. It doesn't feel like that man, nothing, nothing. sows dissent in the locker room faster than uh, rules for me, but not for thee. Like that, that, you know, especially if you're not delivering. I mean, it's, it's like one thing. It's like, he's, right. star, he's allowed to, he, I get, you give him some leeway versus Hainsey 
Oh, but you know, how far is it going to go? But the thing um, is, Rodman, Rodman can be in Vegas because what Rodman does doesn't require him to know the plays or like yeah, right. Rodman does not. He's he, what he does is just Rodman. He's not the leader of the team. You know, he's not, he's not Rodman's not the guy who's going to yell at the O-line. So anyway, bad goat is the goat. The goat was the bad okay. goat this week. But and this will be a very fun transition to um, the uh, good goat and my co my co uh, good goats great goats greatest of all time uh, uh, Mr. Kraft and Dr. Dana Bloomberg uh, congratulations on your nuptials <laughs> let me explain let me explain what it why Mr. Kraft is the goat owner of all time and what Jerry was probably really yelling at, at him about at the meetings okay. So don't mess with me, he says. Uh, uh, wow. Dropped yeah. an f bomb on him. Eddie would have had to. Spaghetti would have had to bleep the meetings, the owners' meetings. So okay. So we all know. First of all, we're men, so we know how men are wired. Men are oh, visual. God, I'm a man, I, I, well, as I listen, like to say. even you, Shaq, even you have. As, as, as long as we have vision, men are visual. So what that means is, women for us enter their decline phase around eighteen and a half. Like, it's just a straight, it's like, it is so brutal because we have, because we're motivated <laughs> by vision, right? So, I mean, Oedipus, Oedipus realizes he slept with his mom and then gouges his eyes out. But really, He's tight end, Oedipus, 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 Rex Ryan, Oedipus. So, but what we know is Oedipus would be more likely to sleep with a woman old enough to be his mom if he gouged his eyes out before, right? Mm -hmm. If he was blind, he might sleep with Jocasta. So all these billionaires, right? All these billionaire owners, this is, uh, this is what all the emails are about. This is all of it is like, okay, how do we, what's the point of being a billionaire and you just have to be with your age appropriate lady in perpetuity, right? Obviously that's not what's happening. So Myra passes, bless her, bless her soul. God rest her soul. And so now we know Anna Nicole Smith and J Howard Marshall is the most nakedly transactional purchase of a human being that you can have, like, you're like, so nobody at that wedding can pretend it's anything else. Like, oh my God, she's selling herself to, to this 90 year old oil tycoon. And you all have to raise a glass. Hey, here's to the, here's to the beautiful married couple. And everyone has to pretend it's not what it is. Right. So that's, that's the grimmest, grimmest part. Like that's just so transactional it's so brutal. You, oh my God, he bought a human being to walk around with and, and whatever uh, other disgusting filth this old man can pull off at his advanced years. So Kraft is 81. Dr. Dana Bloomberg is 47. What, the, you know, Rupert Murdoch is 91. Jerry Hall is 66. Like, like that's pretty good, but Rupert Murdoch's not blind. Like, like he, he, can, he can see 66-year-old Jerry Hall. So, uh, needless to say, they're divorced after what must have been a whirlwind romance. Congratulations, kids. Anyway, so what you're, what you're, so what, what you're trying to pull off, you're trying to go like, okay, uh, th there's this narrow aperture. There's this tiny little aperture where I want to be visually stimulated by my lady. I don't want to get the looks 
that I just bought in a Nicole Smith. Like that's that's going to be brutal. So, you know, Schopenhauer said uh, talent is being able to hit a target nobody else can hit. Genius is being able to hit a target nobody else can see. So what makes Mr. Kraft a genius and why he's my goat of goats this week? Schopenhauer is the third string Patriots QB. Schopenhauer, he's the fifth, the tight end that got benched for the Broncos. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so, so what Mr. Kraft recognized, he goes, well, look, obviously age is a number. Um, the heart wants what the heart wants. Um, obviously the heart in the, in the case of men the heart wants what the heart wants. The heart wants what the eyes want. We're visual. So he wants 47-year-old ophthalmologist Dr. Dana Bloomberg. What's so genius about craft is, okay, there are ways to mitigate against what it looks like. And when you throw that MD on the front of it, right? I mean, like, look, no one is going to – now it becomes true love. No one can say anything. Brady can mispractice. He's game the system. He gave me, it's so smart. It's so brilliant. It's like, I, my, you've got my doctor uh, fiance, right? My doctor, the doctor. Now, listen, I know your dad's a real doctor, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because I don't know. <laughs> when I hear ophthalmologist, I think of Rand Paul and I go, oh, is this oh, all, all those bone marrows he was given? I hope he was a real doctor. Yeah. So that <laughs> sounds very real. To get your jollies. I think ophthalmologist might be low-hanging fruit. I don't, you know, doctors are very, they have a lot of thoughts about this. I know that MDs are not big on psychiatrists, like stop calling yourself mm. a doctor. But anyway, so it, it, I, I feel like, you know, Mr. Kraft pulled this off perfectly. Mm. Uh, you could go to that wedding. I mean, the pictures are jarring, obviously. He's, a, he's an ancient homunculus of a man. He has no business being with a 47-year-old, but- that doctor thing, it just buys him like 15 years. Yeah. Like if she were 62, everyone would be like, that's okay. But it's like 47. She's a doctor. Anyway, uh, kudos to my go to the week. <laughs> Greatest owner of all time, Mr. Kraft. Yeah, yes. Being a trailblazer and in the same way. And so that's why Jerry Jones was pissed at him. I'm sure because Jerry Jones is, is doing it the old fashioned way and getting constant, like, Jerry Jones has earned the right to do whatever he wants, but it's just like everybody knows what he's doing. And so they're tut, tut, tutting uh, because of his behavior. And then Kraft is sitting there with a cigarillo like, hey, 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 look what I did. <laughs> look at, and he's like, oh, I like, I like the cigarillo. It's a nice yeah. visual. 47 year old doctor. Listen, I love love. So, so good for them. And, um, and I send him, send him something from extra points. Send him a little something. A, that a would be nice. Maybe that was the cause of the rift. Maybe Jerry Jones showed up air, empty handed, no wedding present, you know, cla not classy, Jer. And that was uh, where it went. Um, I hope everybody had a great time, except for Tom Brady. Shame on you. You're my goat of the week. Now, my go to the week is a little weird it's josh naylor the dh for the guardians of traffic who did like the i don't know what it well, i still never have gotten the answer why he did what he did he hit a home run and then he round, rounded the bases like he was cradling a baby or something i think or like a fat gut do we know what that yeah, was or this is gonna be mine too but I, i'll help you on this one he um it was cradling the baby because he was yelling that he's his daddy he's garrett cole's daddy and apparently mm -hmm. naylor does this for every home run he hits um which is oh, okay his i didn't know thing. this yeah. Well, well, I like it. And I, I know he got I, what I hope is well, that you like, it. you like it. Glaber Torres makes the final out. And I mean, a, a series that was really, you know, 
got to be pretty intense from both sides of things. I'm sure Yanks fans and Yankees themselves were spooked, but good. We get a, our season's going to end to this bunch. Uh, that would have been awful and set up a terrible off season here. And so, but in the midst of that, he still has the presence to make fun of Naylor and do the baby thing to mock him. Don't let that get in your head. Keep on doing it. Baseball needs that. It's not, there's no, no crime committed there. Talk stuff. I don't like it when visitors talk stuff about my team, but that's the point. You're supposed to try to get under their skin. Some people are apathetic and don't react to it. Some percentage of people who you do it to get very upset and get off their game. I say keep on doing it. Don't. All right. Sometimes you're going to have to deal with the fallout of getting made fun of yourself for doing it. Keep it up. I love it. Spaghetti. Well, that was going to be mine, and uh, but the opposite that Josh Naylor is a fat loser, and I'm so glad the Yankees <laughs> won. And he like he's he's showboating over uh, hitting a home run for Garrett Cole when Garrett Cole led the majors in home runs given up. It's like I mean he had a fine season, Garrett Cole, ton of strikeouts, but like let's be honest here, when he gives up runs, it's usually the long ball. You didn't do anything special, Josh Naylor, and you lost, and you were hitless in an elimination game. Uh, and Glaber Torres got the best of you by doing your own thing on it, and you now had to make the media ask you questions as to why you did it and then he has to like kind of cower and be like well you know what it was really cool getting booed and that was a dream of mine well enjoy the golf course buddy because you're gone um anyway that was that since you took that one i'll switch mine though my bad goat no, that's good because you're on the opposite sides of that that's, that's i'll keep great. it but then, i celebrate to for standing on the star sal was that he's like oh i didn't like what nail I, I i liked when he did that i said but you didn't like it when to did it that's the point it bugs some guys on the other team in the fan base is maybe you get some shine off of it and you might get in the heads of your competition and win the game as a result of that. That's I'll why just I say this about. for Josh Naylor, who's a super mediocre baseball player who had <laughs> one of the worst at-bats I've ever seen earlier in the series. You know, when he struck out on three pitches before Gonzalez's game-winning base hit up the middle, it was the feeblest, like, this is how you try to drive in a run from third with less than two outs. But anyway, uh, I'll just say this. Nailer, whatever the future holds, he better be a great father in real life or that's going to come back to haunt him. Wow. Good point. Good if point. you're his daddy, where, you know, where's your kid? Uh, get, get those. That was just all for the camera. You know, you're not really good at holding a baby at all, are you? Uh, Listen, and by the way, Eddie Spaghetti Nailer- was good at high school football. Hench, you were good at high school basketball. You don't understand how it is. Maybe Josh Naylor's got a lot of Damashek in him, which is to, you know, what we would do on my high school basketball team is we would come out, we, you know, the layup thing you do at the start. I was the last guy to finish. They'd be like, what, well, the last guy through who finishes the layup when everybody uh, in front of him puts it off the backboard to the guy behind and you keep doing that. Like, who, who's that guy? And as you know, Hedge, if you leave me all by myself and give me all the time of the world, I can stand there and hit 20 footers. I can just stand there and do that at my best. In my prime, I could really do that. If anybody gets close to me, then then it's a different game. Then I don't hit the rim. Um, but we would do that as a distraction because they'd be like, wait a second, in our scouting for this team we're about to play, no one, no one taught the big nose guy. Who's who's that guy making three pointers over there? What's his story? Like, Ooh, we better get ready for him. We better, well, what the, then I would take my seat at the end of the bench for the rest of the game. But for a minute, they had to consider what this what this schnook might do to him. Don't you see? That's I what Naylor did. He's not good. What, what's it? If you take away, yeah, we played in three on three basketball. 
I would talk a lot of stuff before the game. Then we played our first game and Hench, we got to know each other. He'd be like, why do you talk so much? You're terrible at basketball. And I'd be like, yeah, that's right. If you take away the trash talking, then I got nothing. I got, I've got no use out here. I have nothing to live for in basketball. If I, I can't appreciate have trash. that. I, I would you. also say this. Okay. So I, obviously all I'm reduced to is rooting against the Yankees. And then, um, Jamison Tyon is scheduled to go game five and then it rains. And I'm like, okay, great. Obviously, Tito Francona, who started Derek Lowe on two days rest, is going to go to Shane Bieber. So so the, the Yankees are going to have to deal with arguably the best starting pitcher in the league. And, and But what happens is the, the, the Guardians do not upgrade their starter who gets shelled. The Yankees do upgrade their starter. I'm like, wait a minute. This rainout was supposed to work for the Guardians, not for the Evil Empire. So I don't know. I didn't. I didn't watch any post game, but I don't know if anybody asked Tito about Bieber. Yeah, but there's an answer. What, what was the story? It's because, uh, well, number one, Francona thought that uh, he was like, well, I'm saving him for the ALCS game one, which is way too complicated. We should have said that before the game. But the actual reason is because he said that uh, he had off-season shoulder surgery and he doesn't want to risk his long-term career in the Major League Baseball uh, to to pitch him in this game on, like, short rest or whatever. So he was looking at it. There you go, fans. There you go, fans. Uh, I know you've been waiting since 1948. Uh, No problem, because we're going to take care of this guy. Like, it's like, no – the guy should insist. Like I, I need Josh Beckett short rest, two thousand three against the Yankees. He pitches a two hit complete game on short rest because he's an animal, and it's like that is his legacy. Um, you know, and that was also his peak. I mean, he pitched a no hitter later for the Dodgers, but like you, you've got to be, you, you've got to have Tito Francona up against a wall in his office saying, "Give me the ball, give me the ball." I'm the man. And so, you know, by, you know, it's like, what are you, you're saving him for game one of the ALCS. Well done. Obviously I love Tito, but he gacked it. Uh, well, speaking of him, I'm going to guess that spaghetti's good go to the week. Tito Francona for not challenging that obvious missed at first base. The guy's hand isn't on the thing. Why didn't he challenge that? I'm sure he, he had to deal with answering that. Go ahead, spaghetti, your goat of the week. Yeah, my my good goat of the week here is uh, it's actually Mike Vrabel. And I did talk about this in the Megans for a little bit. But the the reason why Mike Vrabel gets it is I don't know if you guys saw the story, but every week the NFL, um, the officiating crew sends out emails to the uh, head coaches, I believe maybe some front office members about like just detailed uh, calls that happen throughout the week. And Mike Vrabel hit reply all and, and, you know, wrote to them basically saying that he appreciates the time and energy that goes into these videos. But I suggest that we devote every minute of our officiating department's time ensuring our officiating crews are as well trained in the clarifications we work to create in the offseason and that each crew is consistent as possible. Thank you. Basically referring to all the bad roughing the passer calls. And we need more people like Vrabel in the league because the NFL then combats that by coming out this week by saying, well... Last year and the year before, there were more rough in the passer calls than this year, like to make it seem like those calls are still okay when there were never, there was never a call like the Chris Jones play or the, you know, that never happened in the last year, the year before that. So uh, I'm giving uh, Mike Rabel my good go because he's fighting the good fight and we need more coaches to stand in line with him because the rough in the passer calls have been absolutely brutal. And I, I believe Sal mentioned this on, on extra points yesterday, like the college football product will, besides not putting Tennessee number one, uh, 
definitely has been better than the NFL this year. Um, and it's because the games have definitely been right. The day, the games have definitely been way more interesting, but yes, that is the, the fundamental flaw. Tennessee beat Bama and has beat a number of good teams along the way so far. Somehow that win against Bama doesn't vault them past Georgia, who hasn't beat any really noteworthy team. It's crazy. That four just, it, wins versus ranked opponents. Tennessee has four wins versus ranked that opponents. Right? Uh, Georgia only has the, the blowout versus Oregon, who if Oregon does beat UCLA this week, it's another quality win. So maybe Oregon is kind of legit, um, but still only that one game. And uh, Ohio State, at the time of playing them, the only ranked opponent was Notre Dame, who gave them a tough game. But Notre Dame now is terrible. Um, and they have since then, I think three opponents have been ranked uh, in completion for Ohio State. But uh, Tennessee having four and only getting 15 first place votes just shows you kind of check what you said in the offseason, like these preseason polls kind of ruin and skew the season because the voters want to stick with the teams they pick. And there's a reason right. why Alabama is lingering around number six. They want to keep them in there. Ohio State was just, you know, and again, Ohio State's offense, awesome, very good, scoring a ton of points. They would be the top five scoring offense if they didn't play fourth quarters. Like they're potent. But there's no doubt in my mind, and everyone else's mind that watched college football, Tennessee, what they've done this year, they deserve the number one spot. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Now it is time for the best bets ever of the week. Let's jump into it very quickly. I'll give you my college football best bets of the week. Iowa, Ohio State go under 49. UCLA and Oregon go over 70 and a half. Indiana and Rutgers go over 45. Northwestern, I feel like the flow of a college football season with 20-year-old guys, I think that Northwestern covers 13 and a half. They're, they're catching almost two touchdowns. And then I'm going to go A&M, one of those teams that's loaded up with talent. The season hasn't gone. It never does go exactly the way they want it to down there in College Station. I think they covered the three and a half. Those are my college plays. Let's get into our best bets, NFL-style spaghetti. I'm sure you have a couple of uh, college football oh, ones you can throw yeah, in, too. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, for college football, I mean, I I was dead wrong about Syracuse. They had an impressive one over NC State, but they're playing Clemson again this week. I'm not in love with Clemson right now, but I still don't think Syracuse is that great. Um, I think at last I checked, it was like 13 and a half points. I still think that Clemson should take care of business and they can win by two touchdowns. Another interesting bet too is uh, just – 
breaking news. Ugly up. uniform matchup too. Yeah, a lot orange of orange. On orange a lot of, a lot of orange. I'm not. Um, this, I can't find it on Caesars right now, but I know USF starting quarterback Bohan, and he's out for the season with surgery, uh, shoulder surgery. So if you want to pick against uh, USF, um, you know, I would, I would definitely do that. And uh, those are the only bets I feel really, really good about this week for college. Those two. Okay, Hench, um, do you wish to float while uh, we were just on the subject? The reason I brought up that NBA category was to get you on the record with your NBA Final Four. Um, I said to Marty and to Sal on extra points, I say Clippers over Suns on one side and Bucks over Celts on the other, uh, um, in the other side of things, and I'll take the Clips over Wow! Um, wow! Interesting. Although they uh, should be the Hollywood Knights, as I've said. I, I say Bucks over Celtics uh, in the East, and then um, Mavs over Nuggets in the West. Matt, I love the Mavs pick. I don't know what it is. Why there's this ongoing sort of. Uh, they, 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 they slip through the cracks. I don't know why. When people have the conversation about the West, this has been ongoing now for a couple few years, it feels like to me, just anecdotally. People don't mention the Mavs, even though they might have the best player or a top three player in the league, another guy who does name doesn't get mentioned as much as it needs to be in the It'll NBA. be interesting to see if they permanently broke the Suns in that 27-point first half. <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been more, but that was a super weird story that's gotten very little coverage that apparently some false positives with COVID undid the whole, like the game seven, the reason that they just no showed it because there was something weird going on there, but I haven't seen a ton of stuff in the, you know, last four months to pick up on that story. Cause it's pretty bad. Like the Suns were people forget. It is funny how fast things move on. Oh, they lost whatever. What, what are we talking about now? Um, that was the best team in the West. We have a lot of they, they just could not be defended. They moved the ball so well. They got open shots every possession, and then suddenly you're like 27 points and a half. What happened? Very weird. Okay, I, unless you have some pit, uh, bets have ready some, to go, Hedge, I'm going to throw some, some games at you. And okay. it's bo- they're boring, but I and you mentioned one of them earlier, like um, – the the Panthers are terrible. I mean, it is it's funny. I one of the one of the handful of games I got wrong this past weekend was taking the Panthers plus ten and a half at the Rams. And so they they, they march down the field, they kick a field goal, they're up three zip, you know, and you always do that thing where you add the total to what you're getting. You're like, all right, we're in good shape. Then later they get a pick six. So you get three on your first possession, you get a pick six, you're getting ten and a half, and you realize this offense is not going to score another point. If, if they had 14 quarters, this offense wouldn't score another point. And so that offense is 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 terrible, obviously, and guys are being traded at halftime. Um, I think they had 46 non-McCaffrey yards in the whole game. So obviously you've got an angry Bucks team um, that, that, as you pointed out, has a loaded roster that won't have to play that well to cover that number. Like, it's just the Panthers can't score. Are, are the Bucks going to score 21? You're fine. You know, so I, I love the Bucks to put a hurting on the point. That's Panthers. so many points, you know, lay in 11 right now, but you're absolutely right. And as I love the point to people always go, ah, that, but, but they're at home, Carolina. Home field at some point for lots of teams in lots of situations becomes disadvantageous. It's not a, a home field advantage at all. The boo birds will be out, but good for that when I hear your noise. I like that pick. Um, and then, you know, it's funny. Spaghetti mentioned the Chargers and just how underwhelming my Super Bowl pick looks. 
Um, and and I'm I'm angry at them. Obviously, they're very injured, but like they're fine. Herbert threw 57 times for 10.8 fantasy points. I, this is like it's mathematically impossible. What, what is was happening? it? 225? Yeah, I think it's like a it, it is on the charts as one of the worst um, <laughs> yards per attempt. It, it, um, it's so brutal. That said, Seahawks coming to town. I think the Chargers get right. Uh, Seahawks have been playing over their heads. They're not a very good team. We'll find out if the Chargers are a very good team. That number, which is six, I think, feels very coverable. So uh, I'm on another favorite there. And then and the third boring uh, best bet, the Packers might not be very good, but the Commanders are terrible. So if ever there was a game where a team that is is going to get to 10 wins gets right, it, it feels like – Taylor Heineke, who's probably an upgrade, quite frankly, but I, I, I think the Packers win that. What is that? Five and a half right now. Uh, I, I think the Packers cover that. And then you guys are the college football experts, and I pay attention and lose money. What sometimes when I listen to you, but um, I, you know, Spaghetti was talking about Syracuse uh, punching a little above its weight class, and then they did win that game last week, but they did not look good. And even well, though and NC State didn't have Devin Leary, who was a Heisman candidate when the so, season started. So you know, it's a big a number. It's 13 and a half. But I feel like moving up into that rarefied air of Clemson is is when we we see the real the truth about Syracuse uh, as they get they get shellacked. I can't argue with the, any of the picks you just made there. I will throw in, though, where the Chargers are. See, this is the the the, the thing that I counsel people with is the season is short, but it's long. And don't overreact to what you just saw every week and change what you're what you predicted in August about where things are going to land by the holidays and into January and beyond. At some point, I don't know if it's going to be week seven, but at some point, some of these things have to get righted here. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers can't be some mediocre collective forever because they have some injuries on the offensive line. They're too good otherwise. Same goes for the Packers. Same goes for the Chargers. You're exactly right. Listen, they don't have Bosa. They don't have Keenan Allen, and they don't have Rashawn Slater. Those are three of their eight most important best players. And they're four and two. You guys jammed me up when they got hurt and said, come off the Chargers. And and I was intimidated into doing so. Well, I take it back. I'm back in with the Chargers. They're going to win that division. The Chiefs, I don't get Jeff Schwartz. Can you imagine Jeff Schwartz, Chiefs fan, Mitchell Schwartz's brother, takes time out of his day to text me to tell me your Chiefs opinions are terrible. Well, guess what? I'm sticking with my terrible opinion. I say the Chargers are going to win that division. Well, by the way, I'm not overwhelmed by the Chiefs. I I hope you texted him back that the the Chiefs are a a hundred yard pick six and a Devontae Adams bobble away from being two and four. Like if Herbert doesn't give them a touchdown when they're the Chargers are about to score a touchdown, like that game should have been over. Uh, You know, that game is over. In Arrowhead, if that pick counts. So terrible defensive hold late at midway through the second quarter. The Chargers would have salted that one away, but and, good. And then as, as we've discussed on this show, uh, you know, the ball moved a little, but if if the Raiders get a field goal there, if they, they could milk the clock, they could win that game. Chiefs are so close to being two and four. Um, that said, I'm 
backing way off my Chargers. And, and then we had okay, well we and then we had Dan Hanzus on from around the NFL and power rankings and all of that, and he said the same thing Sal said. I don't know where this comes from. He's like, well, you're biased against the Chiefs. This is your ongoing thing. You're biased. I'm like, Bob, what have the Chiefs ever done to me? I don't care about the Chiefs. Good win or lose, it, it, they they do not move the emotional needle for Dave. But very few teams in hey, sports do outside analogy. of my own team. Watching that Chiefs, uh, you know, uh, Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, you know, one of the things that's very frustrating about betting against the Chiefs, watching the Chiefs is they do seem very inclined if Mahomes jogs around long enough to call a chicken penalty on the on a DB. Like, you know, he's he's shucking and jiving and dancing and fucking like it goes on forever and like, there's going to be some contact. Like, I don't when when can I touch this guy? You know, and it's like, you know, he's out, he's in the pocket, he's outside the pocket. So against the Bills, there was a slew of them. Like, they are blanketing these guys for 11 seconds, incomplete. Up, up, back judge has a flag, right? And it what it what it reminded me of when you do your job. The guy runs his pattern, and you cover him. You co- he is blanketed. And the rush does not get there. Mahomes goes left, right, steps up. Now the guy's running another pattern. You got to cover that pattern too, the new pattern, the improvised pattern. It reminds me so much of an offensive rebound. Like you did everything, you did it, you just had a lockdown possession. They took a bad shot. It missed horribly. In fact, it missed so badly, it bounced off the back of the rim to one of their guys. Now you have to do it all over again. So all game long, the Bills are like, huh. Okay, we we got him. We got him. We got him. Got to still cover him. Got to cover him. And sometimes they would cover like, you know, he'd go through every progression three times and still not find somebody. And then that flag would come in. And you're like, really? We covered these guys for that long, and you're going to get a chicken illegal contact penalty on us? I I wish there was a way where it's like you you have uh, five seconds of unimpeded pass patterns. Then the guys can tackle you to the ground. Like, like, it's just it's too much to ask to to stay within these rules. I did feel bad for the kid on Monday night who came in for Darby uh, Mathis. I, I think he had a hundred yards, hundred yards in pass interference penalties, and he also interfered on the one they didn't call on fourth down. He, he made the play on fourth down. They show the replay. He's got just as much of the guy's jersey as he had on the last one they called. Uh, but it is it is hard. It is hard watching all the flags and waiting for Vrabel's uh, email returns. Like, can we just please not decide the games? When you when you when you bring up those those individual plays, then I sink back into Monday night experience and uh, uh, watching that game. I mean, the the dirt that everybody says about Russell Wilson and the Broncos is what we'd all be saying about the Chargers if they had blown that game. Um, but they're four and two, and now the Broncos season is essentially done at two and four. I don't know how they would come back from that. Um, and that I guess that's the point that I always revisit is that when you talk to players, they always say, like, ah, just don't be done. Just don't play yourself out of having a shot by mid to late November. Like it doesn't really, well, nobody really starts to take well, it seriously I, I did, until you get there. So if you're I did, listen, want, I did want to wedge this in, and this is a good good segue, you know, in terms of teams that are out of it. Teams whose seasons are over. You have no chance. So um, 
in his defense against the ESPN article, Daniel Snyder's just rattling off a bunch of, you know, lie, they're there. This is libelous. You're wrong. If you had done any and how could you run this story? And it's like, okay, sue him. Go ahead and sue him. Uh, if there's anything in there, but one of the things is the is the is the president's name Jason Wright. Do I have that right? Do I have yep. that right? Okay. So he says, you know, and shame on you for belittling the accomplishments of Jason Wright. And I'm like, um, you're definitely going to finish in last place in a crumbling stadium that will be filled with more fans of the other team. What are his accomplishments? I'm like, I yeah, like, he oversaw I, changing the name to Commodores. Commies in our nation. Got a terrible name. You have a terrible name, a terrible stadium, and a terrible team. If I was Jason Wright, I would be like, please, please say I'm a figurehead. Please tell everyone I have no juice. Uh, because I do not want any responsibility for the worst franchise in professional sports where the stadium is collapsing on other teams' players and all the fans are rooting for the other team. Like, do not belittle Jason Wright's accomplishments. What are those exactly? What, what, why don't you, hey, this is your diatribe against ESPN. Itemize his accomplishments. <laughs> um, by the way, the thing I have also been pointing to over the last couple few weeks is, listen, point totals are way down. A field goal versus last year and a touchdown and the extra point from two years ago. Eventually, Caesars and everybody else is going to catch up. with. If, if we notice it, surely they do too. Look at the point totals. Um, for all the games, there's only one uh, over 50. The Seahawks and Chargers are uh, have a combined total of 51. Everyone else is in the 40s or even in the 30s. This is the NFL in 2022. Yikes! Cleveland Browns, um, who were then who left overnight and became the Baltimore Purples. The game is in Charm City, um, and I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm talking. This is get right week. Game seven. I mean week seven. Get right, the Ravens, Wyatt Teller out for the Browns, the mess of Clowney and Garrett with their respective injuries. And Jacoby Brissett is still the quarterback, and that's not going to get any better for the Cleveland Browns. Give me the Ravens laying the six at home there in a get-right game. And the Lions and Cowboys, I know everything I just said about point totals and everything else and what the Cowboys defense is doing, but we also talked about the Detroit Lions. I'm going over the 49 in Big D. Dak Prescott lays it on the Lions and the Lions. I know what Belichick did to him a couple of weeks ago, but that was without DeAndre Swift. I think that the Lions scratch out uh, more points than probably people are expecting to go over the 49. Those are my best bets of the weekend. Spaghetti throw well, in a couple more. I just want to jump on your gun. You know, that Brissett game, like, you know, obviously you're, you're, you run the ball really well. That's the identity of the Cleveland Browns. And like, he, you can't just let your quarterback throw in passing downs. Sometimes you have to let him throw on second and two. I get it. You you can't, you know, you can't be that predictable. But like when Brissett is throwing the ball to the other team on second and two, that seems like Nick Chubb was probably a pretty good option. So I, I do think that that the forces are aligned for a Ravens get well. I mean, uh, like I, the Cooper rush story was great. There are a lot of fun stories when the backup comes in. Jeff Hostetler is the best. Well, no, Nick Foles and Jeff Hostetler, but those runs would have ended. Nick Foles, it did end for him the next season that they do catch up with you. There's a reason why you aren't an ongoing starter in, in the NFL. The other game I'd love to pick too many moving parts though. I don't know what's going on with Tua. Is he right? I will say this. It's as cruel as it sounds on a human level. 
the Steelers, you know, I'm not saying they should run afoul of the law or even the NFL rule book, but, you know, they do have to hit them early on. And even if it means a 15-yard flag or whatever, I do think that delivering a lick is what they need to do. You know, I, I don't know what his will is to be out there and taking shots at this point. You got to – I know it's a – a uh, gross thing to say, but then again, the sport is predicated on collision, so I don't feel that well, bad about it. it, it but it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be Kenny Pickett down it's there. It's super gross. You should have waited to say that till we were done with our podcast when you say all the evil stuff at the end, but that's okay. The thing that's really funny to watch, not funny, it's a bummer, but like you watch officiating that is completely in reaction to the previous week, right? So that's the, right. So, so Tua gets slung down with no call and goes into the fencer's pose. And like, we're not thinking it in the moment, but we're like, oh, we should know. Going to be some chicken rough in the passer calls next week. Like if you could bet that, you know, so then we get Grady Jarrett and Chris Jones because it's a direct reaction to not calling the, the two offensers pose. Well, then what happened this week, there were a couple of, a couple of hits this week where I was like, oh, Last week, that would have been a roughing call. Chris Jones tripped Josh Allen on the field blatantly and they wouldn't flag it. That's the best example. It was obvious in live speed. And they're like, now we're going to swallow the flag, especially on, on 95. Like, and so, so now when you, so now it's like, now what do we do when they hit Tua? They're going to be so they're, – they're always trying to fight the last war. I, it'll be – what are they going to call – Careful, Ogan Joby. I know you want to t- do it for the team, but I wouldn't be. They don't let you out of the county if you do so. If you if you smack two or around, yeah, that's a, a weird game. I don't know the the Dolphins laying seven in that one total on it is forty five. Um, all things are tracking for Pittsburgh for it to be Kenny Pickett back. Big debate: Should it be Trubisky who saved the day, or go back to the rookie? My two cents is go back to Pickett here. He's he's the future. Two and four, uh, you know, I don't think Trubisky gives you a huge edge in chance to win, so you may as well um, stick with the kid at this point. Spaghetti. All right, I'm going to blaze through these because this pod now is longer than like a Ken's Burn documentary, uh, Ken Burns documentary. Uh, so I already gave you the college and, football. And just as funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the college football. Uh, you guys were talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, they're, they're laying seven, uh, with Dak Prescott coming back. Their defense, most games this year have been, have been awesome. I know the Lions do score points, but this will be a challenge. They give up a ton of points to the tight end specifically. And we thought without Dalton Schultz, they'd struggle there, but no, apparently Ferguson and Hendershot could fill in the void. Uh, Ferguson did score a touchdown there. And I do like the running back tandem of Pollard and Zeke. So I, I'm going to, I like the Cowboys in that game. The Giants getting three points in Jacksonville. I'm not even just saying this as a, as a, uh, a Giants biased homer, but, uh, uh, every game the Giants played in this year has been a one-score game. So you're giving them three points. They just beat Aaron Rodgers. They just beat Lamar Jackson, like we talked about. So I don't see why this should be any different. I like the Giants in this game uh, a lot. And uh, I was ready for a Jets huge underwhelming week, but not versus the Broncos. Um, they're you know they're getting a point, like basically a pick them. And I the Broncos their offense is miserable. The Jets are controlling the clock because Brees Hall is running up and down the field on teams, and Russell Wilson dealing with a hamstring. They're now having some turmoil with Melvin Gordon. I know he's starting, but he was liking tweets about wanting to be traded. So there's a lot of issues there. And I'm also ready to say that maybe Jerry Judy's a bust. Maybe he's not that good. Um, their weapons aren't as, as you know highly tatted as that we thought they'd be. So I don't like the Broncos 
this week. Um, I will give a quick hockey pick. Uh, the Rangers are playing the Sharks. Again, not because I'm a Rangers fan, but the Sharks are just terrible. They're 0-5. Um, and if you want to even go with the over in that game at 6.5, which a lot of hockey games are around the 6, 6.5 mark. Rangers have had two games this year so far with 10 goals scored. Sharks have had two games this year with 7 goals scored. Again, the Sharks are not very good at all. The Rangers are scoring at an insane clip, especially in the power play. So I like the Rangers laying the goal in the half, and the Rangers going over of 6.5 total in that game. And uh, my last bet to round this out, you got to place this in now. I have this one already, but Yankees, you know, to win the American League right now is plus 175. And the reason why I'm saying this, you know, game one versus the Mariners, if there was not a pitching change, maybe the Mariners win that one. The Astros had to go 18 innings to score one run to beat the Mariners again. That's two games where it's, you know, could have went the Mariners way. I'm not, this is not as good of an Astros team. The Yankees are getting back some players uh, in, in this round. And I understand the game one disadvantage with the, 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 the matchups here, but if Verlander gets hit early, he could implode sort of like how Garrett Cole does in games. And then you're going to have Cole and you're going to have Cortez in games two and three. Plus you're going back to the Bronx. That's a good advantage. They could steal this game one here. And I think this game means a lot for the series. I'm not super sold in the Astros. They should be the favorite, but not, Completely sold on them. So the Yankees right now, plus, um, what I say, plus 175 to win the AL. I like that. And to win the World Series, they're plus 350. So you want to place those, get them in now before game one uh, throws in a few hours. Uh, I, I like, I mean, obviously I both love and hate those picks because I think they're smart and I hate the idea that that those, those scumbags would be champions. But another thing that's worth mentioning that I feel is like oddly underreported is that Giancarlo Stanton is carving out a postseason career that makes him one of the greatest playoff power hitters of all time. Like, what, like I think there's this general feeling about him that he's kind of a bust or a failure, and it's like, yeah, what, what is he at, like, 10 home runs in his last 14 playoff games? Like, it's bonkers. And when you're in a tight, tightly fought game and you launch a three-run bomb, like, it's like the game's over. Like, you just take the air out of the other team. Like, how is that Guardian team going to come up with four runs? Like, so I think those numbers you just threw out, 175 and 350, um, that, th- those are – Get it. You have no betting morals. Just bet on the Yankees. You hate them, and then you can uh, you can hate celebrities. You can't lose. Trust me. Stella hate. Got to come I, up I, with yeah. a good name for that, for the wagering world. And uh, we will all be back for you on the other side of the sports weekend to try and make sense of what just happened and figure out what's going to happen in the following week. Until then, for Spaghetti, for Kirsten, for Kevin Hench, and everybody at the Extra Points Network, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>